Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Last year, but they fall today in Calgary. 26-18 is the final, so the Elks record falls to 3-9 and nine on the season. They have yet to beat a West Division opponent this season. The rematch with Calgary coming up on Saturday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Live tonight on Inside Sports, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And, uh, well, I, I, you've heard this before from me and from other people who have followed the team. It's uh, another game that was uh, there for the taking that the Elks were. Uh, and, and, look, we know they have some issues on the team. They're a little undermanned. I think they're still searching for the right mix in a lot of position groups. But, nonetheless, it was a game that for a lot of the afternoon was there for the taking or perhaps was there uh, for them to at least maybe uh, have a, a larger lead than they did at halftime or have a smaller deficit than they did after three quarters. But as we've seen so often from the Elks this season, a few too many self-inflicted wounds, and they're not in the, uh, able to make enough plays really in any facet of the game. Calgary able to come up with some big plays on offense in the second half, and they get the eight-point victory. So that's how it happened tonight. And uh, I want to focus on some key possessions and key moments in the game and I've picked at least one from every quarter one sequence or one play because I think when you look back at these you might be able to say well if that hadn't happened that way well maybe you know things maybe will be a little different and it's easy to say that and we're playing the what if game when we got a losing team here but I do want to focus on some segments of this game because I do think there are some very significant areas of the game where the Elks were the team that in most of these cases that you're good in here, you're going to hear uh, made the mistake, made a costly mistake. And that allowed, now Calgary didn't score off all these. Calgary didn't score off all these, but at the very least, it cost the Elks the ball uh, field position. And in some case, it did cost them points. And I'm going to go with the first possession of the game. Uh, I mean, Calgary, a limited drive to start the game. The Elks made them punt. And uh, the Elks have the ball. Okay, so first of all, on first down, you give the ball to Ante Milanovic-Litre. He gets stuffed for a one-yard loss. A negative play. It happens. It was a minus one. Okay, you got to convert second and long sometimes. So they got second and 11. And it's Cornelius to Kai Loxley for 12 yards. And the Elks are at the Calgary 35 on the first drive of the game. And I would think that even if they didn't gain another yard, that's a fairly high percentage field goal for Sergio Castillo. And maybe it's three, nothing Elks, or maybe they keep going and they get a touchdown, but that Loxley gain negated by a penalty on Muhammad. So instead of first and 10 at the Calgary 35, and this is what I want to focus on, on a couple of these is the instead ofs. So instead of first and 10 on the Calgary 35, the Elks had second and 21 on their own 53. So you go from scoring range to second down on in which you're unlikely to convert, and, and you'd probably have to get 12 to 15 yards now to give Castillo a good chance at the field goal. You don't gain anything, or you only gain you know three, four, five yards. 
you are punting. Okay, so it's second and 21 at the Edmonton 53. I don't know what the play was good. I don't know what play the Elks called there because they never got the playoff because Mark Cordy, who moved over to center this week, replacing David Beard, and Cordy has played center earlier in his career. It's a bad snap to Taylor Cornelius, and Calgary recovers. And what happened there? It led to a Calgary touchdown, and the Stamps are up 7 nothing. So worse to you, you know, you're hoping on second and 21, it's a bad situation. You're hoping it doesn't get worse. Maybe you throw an incompletion. You're punting from midfield. I know the Elks have had problems covering punts, but hey, maybe John Ryan directional punts that one. Maybe Calgary's starting around their own 20. In, in, you know, and instead they're starting on Edmonton's side of the field. It leads to a touchdown. So that's, that's what I put it out there from the first quarter and the first possession of the game. Second quarter, Taylor Cornelius. I, I got a couple sequences here. Uh, he's scrambling to his left. And a lot of times you hear people say the quarterback has to have that sixth sense, the sixth sense. He has to know when the clock is running out and when he's going to release the ball. And Cornelius scrambling, looking downfield like he's supposed to do, but he's holding on to that ball and he's stripped of the ball. The stamps batted out of bounds and uh, they recover the fumble. They didn't get points off that, but again, it was around midfield. And instead of the Elks, you'd hope the worst case scenario was punting and Calgary's pinned deep again. They give Calgary the ball. Also in the second quarter, man, oh man, the Elks have a second and seven on the Calgary 36, and it's Kevin Brown, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later on, the new running back. And Kevin Brown gets a catch and run, exciting play of 27 yards to the Calgary nine-yard line. To the Calgary nine-yard line. He gets 27 yards on second and seven. Hold on, flag on the field. It's a hold on the offensive lineman, Foucault. So here we go again. Instead of, Instead of first and goal on the Calgary 9, the Elks are second and 17 from the Calgary 46. Pushed back. They're pushed back. They don't even try a field goal. They punt. So you go from first and goal. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. At the nine, back to the 46. That's a big difference. Nonetheless, I thought the Elks defense played pretty good in the first half. I thought Jake Bear was a little off his game for Calgary. And despite some missed opportunities and some of these mistakes I'm pointing out, the Elks have the 8-7 lead at the half. So who's going to take over? Who's going to adjust? Who's going to up their game? Well, it was Calgary. Mayer looked much better in the second half, especially in the third quarter. And here's what happened to the Elks on their first three possessions of the second half. Two and out, punt. Two and out, punt. Two and out, blocked punt. Calgary gets a touchdown off that. All of a sudden, they lead 22-8. So the Elks, unable to even get a first down on their first three possessions of the third quarter. And then to make matters worse, they surrender a blocked punt on their third possession. So from being up a point to being down 14 points. 
Now, Edmonton did eventually get a field goal in the third quarter, and uh, it was a Calgary turnover that helped that. The Ryan punt was fumbled by Calgary. The Elks jumped on it. But they needed a touchdown at that point. A field goal wasn't good enough. So here's the thing. We know that the Elks, as much as they've struggled this season in winning games, the second quarter has often been their Achilles heel. It certainly was in their last game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Today, they win the second quarter, not, not by much, but it was a positive. They, they, they did win the second quarter, one nothing. At least they didn't give up any points, and they took the lead to the, to the half. Well, what happened in the third quarter today? Calgary outscores Edmonton 15-3. They got two touchdowns. One of them came with a two-point convert. So Calgary outscores Edmonton 15-3 in the third quarter, and the Elks get one first down in the entire third quarter. One first down in the entire third quarter. So Calgary came out, played better. The Elks weren't able to execute and answer the bell. Uh, And now, instead of being within a score or maybe even leading after three, you're in a big, big hole going to the fourth. Now, look, I give the Elks credit. They didn't go away. In the fourth quarter, they get a touchdown with about five and a half minutes to go on a third down play. And Cornelius, man, oh, man, he, he, he makes me nervous. Because he scrambles, he can use his legs. I wish he released the ball on time a little bit more. I, I There have been issues on the offensive line. and They've used a lot of different tackles. I think they've had some inconsistent play with some other players. But I don't think every sack or every time Cornelius scrambles is on the offensive line. There, there have been times he doesn't look like he's getting the ball away. And maybe sometimes as well, that's the receivers, not that they're not open or not coming out of their break. And of course it hurt today. You didn't have Kenny Lawler and you didn't have Manny Arsenal again. Of course that hurt. Injuries are a factor in the game. You would have loved to have Kenny Lawler in there. And maybe you're making a couple of big plays back against Calgary. Nonetheless, Cornelius keeps the play alive, lobs it to the end zone. Dylan Mitchell makes the catch and the Elks are in. Okay. Still tough territory, but at least maybe territory down seven. So Calgary gets the ball. They're second and six on the Calgary 42. This isn't a mistake by the Elks necessarily, but a play they got beat on, and Malik Henry gets 37 yards. So preferably you you stop that play, and they're punting. If they get a first down, maybe you hold them to six or ten yards. They're still on their own half of the field, and you're living to fight another day and and, and stop them and maybe still get the ball back in, in better field position. Instead. Henry, the 37-yard gain. Calgary did miss the field goal, so the Elks were uh, down eight and still had at least sort of a Hail Mary-type chance to tie the game with a touchdown and two-point convert. Of course, it didn't work out. So there, I, I guess I listed five plays or series of downs where the Elks had a chance or they'd actually made a play and it was negated by a penalty or you know there was a turnover. The third quarter in general was poor. And then uh, they didn't get the stop. Mayor made the play to Malik Henry, who's a very dangerous player. And it all adds up to a Calgary victory. I think there were positive for the Elks today. And you may have heard the end of the uh, the points after show. I asked, I asked Blake Dermott a question about Kevin Brown, the new running back for the Edmonton Elks. He has six, reception for, uh, six receptions for 51 yards. I mentioned that he had uh, another 27-yarder taken off the books because of a penalty. He ran hard with five carries for 45 yards. Looked like he had a pretty good burst. Keeps his legs churning after he's hit. Able to get some yards after contact. He had a couple of plays where it looked like he was totally dead and he was able to escape and get a few more yards. Exciting to see him. Maybe some potential there. I do think now that Calgary has some film on him, that's clearly going to 
change probably how they defend him, maybe how they try to tackle him. But hey, he had 11 touches for 96 yards. We got to give him credit. Hopefully that's a player who can keep producing for the Elks. Dylan Mitchell, good game receiving. He had uh, six receptions for 75, uh, 79 yards. And I thought Jake Ceresno once again, was very good along the defensive line for the Elks. He lost uh, Thomas Costigan, his running mate, uh, running mate for much of the season. Avery Ellis came in. He had a sack. Again, the Elks defense, you needed a little more. They were certainly doing enough, especially in the first half, to uh, to help their team maybe have a larger lead going to the second half. But it didn't work out. Taylor Cornelius, he goes 22-33 for, 22 for 33, 257 yards and two touchdowns. I talked a little bit about Cornelius. I, I think he makes some good plays. I think he holds on to the ball too long and uh, every once in a while he just makes a throw that isn't isn't good enough and by the end of the day uh, Jake Mayer's numbers are not eye-popping 18 for 26 238 yards two touchdowns and an interception but he was better in the second half with some big throws in the red zone to to uh, give Calgary some points so that's how I look at it some of those key moments in the game where the Elks lost the battle or were beaten by Calgary or shot themselves in the foot so here continues to be the story for the Elks. They're at nine losses. We, I mean, look, they were a long shot to make the playoffs anyway. Going into August, they played Ottawa twice. They lost to Ottawa once. They went one and one against Ottawa. They lost to Saskatchewan. They got blown out by BC. They, they needed to win three games in August to make it semi-interesting going into the stretch here. They're not going to make the postseason. Hopefully they can win a home game. Hopefully they can have some players continue to develop and find more Kevin Browns or have players step up. So, but but here's the story. They've been blown out three times. They clearly got uh, crushed by BC twice. Calgary beat them really bad here at Commonwealth Stadium a couple of months ago. And then you have these six games that could have gone either way and were there for the Elks to take. They lost by 10 to Saskatchewan. They were leading in the fourth quarter. They lost by seven to Calgary when they played at McMahon earlier in the year. They played pretty well. They lost by 14 to Winnipeg in a game that they had uh, 37 minutes time of possession. Couldn't get touchdowns. They lost by 11 to Saskatchewan. Again, they were a game they were leading in the fourth quarter. Saskatchewan went ahead, put it away with a late score. They lost by seven to Ottawa. The game before this one, they were absolutely atrocious in the second quarter and were playing catch-up the entire second half. And then today they lose by eight to Calgary when they were badly outplayed in the third quarter and uh, were playing catch-up for the fourth quarter. So, that's the story today. I am happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And you can email the show, Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. Cam Moon is going to join me as well after the 7 o'clock news. It's Inside Sports on 630Ched. Well, that's an excellent guitar riff. Speaking of excellent guitar riffs, I experienced several last night at the big concert at Commonwealth Stadium. Derek Scott is uh, at the 6-3 Shed Broadcasting Compound. Derek, you were working last night. I was, yes. I'm sure you uh, know where I was. Oh, front and center going crazy, I'm sure. 
Well, I wasn't front and center, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I, I was going crazy at times. Uh, I had an awesome time at the concert. I went with, first of all, one thing that made it incredibly special. I went with the three of my closest friends. Oh, great. So uh, that was, uh, that was uh, incredible and got to sit with them and uh, watch. We got there. We, we were kind of walking to our seats for the start of Joan Jett and then watched probably the second half of her set. She sounded great. I, th- I thought Joan Jett was excellent. Now, do I know all the songs? No, I knew the hits. I probably knew five or six songs. Mm-hmm. But she, I, I thought she sounded really good. Uh, Poison came out. I, I've, I've always enjoyed Poison. I know sometimes it's a, they lay the cheese on a little bit thick, and certainly Brett Michaels did that yesterday with some of his... Uh, here's the thing. He did a lot of chatting with the crowd. Okay. But you couldn't really understand. I, at least I couldn't. Now, we were at the far, far corner from the stage. Uh, we were sort of, uh, what would that be, in the northwest corner of, uh, of the stadium and the, st- the, the, sta- of the, uh, the stages at the south end. Um, so there were a couple Poison songs where I was like, Brett, just sing the lyrics, like quit schmoozing with the <laughs> right. But they were fun. Uh, Def Leppard, that's why I was there. If this would have been just Def Leppard, I still would have gone and spent the same amount of money. I, they were fantastic. They, they were absolutely fantastic. That's the 13th time I've seen Def Leppard. Wow. I don't think this is just recency bias. This would be one of the top five concerts I've seen. Wow. And was it a full house? You know what? I'm not even sure what the attendance was. It was pretty full. I mean, clearly the the last three or four sections of the stadium were empty because they're behind the stage at the south end. Right. Uh, there's people on the field, the floor seating. Everything else looked pretty full. I, I couldn't see much on our side. We were a little bit under the overhang as well. I'm not sure what the upper deck was like on uh, our side, the west side. I, I mean, I'm sure. I, I don't even know. I'm sure it would have been 40,000, maybe maybe more. It was a really good crowd, tons right of on. people. And I, I just absolutely had a blast. I got to admit, Derek, and I, I want you to keep this a secret. Okay. <laughs> I was I was close to tearing up at the end of the concert. Really that great, yeah, hey? In hindsight, I should have done just what Le- Def Leppard recommends with their second song in the night and just let it go. <laughs> I just, I just bawled. But well, I won't I, tell I anybody. Yeah, don't please don't tell. Secret me. save with me. Uh, they sounded great. I I, I had an absolutely great time, and uh, it was just a joy to see them again. And again, the company I was with made it even extra special. Maybe I'll dive into a deeper review as we move along tonight. Mooner is standing by. It's Inside Sports on six thirty, Chet.